We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Once again, it is the Wednesday morning edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast. My name is Rob Doss. That lovely gentleman you see right next to me in the Cow Bears hat, his name is Jeff Goodman. Uh, if you are listening to this in the podcast feeds, give us one second while we allow this feed to populate and hit that retweet button. Jeffrey, I just did it. What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm well. I'm well. Um, we got a good slate of games tonight, so that that's good. We, I know I know you're going to uh, uh, – Puff your chest out and and, and talk about um, that Missouri game in a little bit. Uh, what a, what a, what, a, what about Missouri? What happened? Uh, Missouri? What was what happened last night? All I know is, you, listen, you can brag all you want about that one, and I'm going to brag all, all all I want about Tom Izzo uh, destroying your boy Steve Peichel. Uh And yeah, I love Pike. I love Peichel, but uh, it was listen. It was an interesting night uh, in college hoops last night. Um, you know, you have Michigan State, I think, maybe getting back on track, beating the Rutgers team that, you know, a lot of people have ranked in the top 15, and Michigan State finally guarded. Like, that was yes. the big thing, right? If they can yes. defend, they're going to have to grind out games now. They're not going to score 80 points uh, consistently. But if they can win in the 60s, and that means really clamping down on their defense, they at least have a chance to 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 make some noise in the Big Ten, which – I expect them to do. Yeah, the idea that a team with the the talent that they had wasn't going to be able to figure it out. Like, I, what was I thinking? Why <laughs> why did they go that way? Now, I don't think that my process there was bad in terms of saying, okay, Rutgers is really, really good and really, really well coached, yeah. and if Michigan State's going to figure it out, I don't think it's going to be against this Rutgers team. But hey, they put it together, and and for me. I think there's three things that have really happened with Michigan State over the course of the last week, and, and tell me if you think that I'm wrong here. One, moving A.J. Hoggard into the point guard role has allowed them to have someone that is just like a, a natural facilitator. You know, right. Rocket Watts is not that – like, Rocket Watts can go get you a bucket. He's not a natural facilitator that's going to run an offense. Two, um, Foster Lawyer is – like, he's fine as a backup point guard. Yeah. I don't think that he you want him being the guy to – to, to be the starter, the part of it is he's not great offensively. Part of it is he's kind of a liability defensively, blah, 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 whatever. So A.J. Hogger coming in and, and kind of taking over that role, I, th- I think, has made things easier. Because three, it's taking the pressure off of Aaron Henry. And, 100%. And, he's, and he looked great last night. He looked great. It was great against Nebraska the other day. He looks like he's playing confident. Um, I think they're just kind of like asking him to go out there and score more than 
try to be like a point forward and run the offense. So uh, it looks like it's taking a little bit of stuff off of his plate, which is good. And, and, you know, maybe he can get there where he can be that point forward down the road. But um, I think right now you just kind of got to let him uh, find a way to get into a rhythm with the confidence building. Combine all that with the fact that they are playing deep. Like, they they shut down Rutgers last night. So You think? What Rutgers scored? 40, what they get, 43, 45 points, something like that? They, 45 points. They they shot 30% from the floor. It, like, it was it was an all-around just a hideous basketball yeah. game to watch for, like, the first 35 minutes. And that's – Izzo loved it. Izzo loved it. You know he did. Yeah, he you loved it. Because they were tougher. They were the tougher team last night. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what they need to be. They need to get back to that because they're not winning any other way. They're not outscoring teams. All right, let, let's get to your your – you're Missouri. You know, you can you can bang on me for my pick. It, it looked like a sucker pick. Uh, I think Mississippi State still is – I called them mediocre last week when they, they, when they lost to Kentucky. And, and honestly, I was being generous with the mediocre term. But what I will say is uh, Iverson Molinar was, was really good last night. He's fun to watch. He really yes. is. Um, and Stewart's talented. They just shit the bed. Like Missouri, they had full control of that game in the first half, and they came out of the, the break, and it was like a completely different team. So the the funny part about this is I think late in the first half, Missouri got they went up by like 16, and I was like, fuck, man, I'm going to have to call in sick tomorrow. I'm going to have to pretend that I have a stomach bug. I don't want to hear Goodman's bullshit. And then, of course, they come back and win. Oh, man, it was it – was, I was sitting there watching that comeback. All right, so – I had it on both the TVs, right? And not only did I have both, well, no, I, I had I had both the TVs on. And I, I thought had you had UConn both on Missouri. No, 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 no. So I had, I had one on UConn, and I had yeah. one on Missouri. And like, I'm a UConn fan, obviously, yeah. and and Miss, I bet on Mississippi State. I bet on UConn. I had both the money lines. So like, my at around ten o'clock, like, I, my life was over. Because UConn, UConn was down by 18. Yeah, you're going to lose every Mississippi State was down by 16. I thought all my bets were going to go out the window. I was yeah. going to have to come in here and listen to you talk about Missouri and Mississippi State being uh, being terrible. And they both come back to one. Like Mississippi State put 51 points up in a half. And, and, and honestly, that was impressive. UConn's comeback might have been more impressive. What were they yes. doing? They were like down like 20. Uh, they were, they were down. Strong. Yeah, so, they were down. 18 with uh, with 18 minutes left, and then Tyler Polly scored 22 points in the second half. You know, Tillman had a dumb foul towards the end of that game. Um, they, they gave him his fourth. They kind of mentally took him out of the game. They were still in it at that point. I think they were down like four or six points. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I felt good about Missouri, um, and, and now I don't anymore. Now I don't because they got blasted by Tennessee. They lose this one. I know it's a road game. Like, I still can't figure this road road thing out. I, I can't get a feel for how how much of an advantage is or or is it not. Like, some people try to tell me uh, it's not. Coaches and players that I'm talking to, other coaches and players will still say, hey, it's an advantage to play at home because um, you're still – there's a, fam- a familiarity as much as anything else. Yeah, I mean, you know the locker room you're staying in. You know the sight lines. You know when you're walking out of the gym, um, like where everything's going to be. You know because they're like you kind of see out of your the corner of your eye. You see uh, this section of the stand, so that you know that you're going to like where you are on the floor. Like it, it's just there's a comfort level with playing in your own building. But I, you know, honestly, I think the real advantage when it comes to like the home court advantage is 
is the the energy you get from the crowd and the crowd weighing on referees and, and influencing referee decisions. I think, you know, the, the two most boisterous uh, fan bases in sports, I think, is college basketball and European soccer. And if you go back and look at studies, like those are the two ones where uh, home field advantage, in, the home field influences referee decisions more than any of those sports. So um, to me, that's where the advantage lies, and you don't really get that as much. But um, I, I think we talked about this earlier. Like normally it's about like a three-point advantage in the spread playing at home. I kind of make it at like one and a half or two now, right. depending on who it is. So it's there's still something there. It's not quite the same level it was before. All right. So Regardless, I, regardless Mississippi State should not be beating Missouri by 15 points. They should not. And, I mean, I think the big picture conversation with Missouri is simply that um, they are a good team that is exploitable in certain matchups. And I think that's just kind of what it is. And uh, we can go from there. All right, Alabama, huge win last night against Florida. They won by 15. Are you a believer? Are you a believer in the Crimson Tide or no? I am. I am. I think they're really good. Now – I think that they are when it, like when it comes down to it. I think the SEC is going to be one of these leagues where there's like four or five teams that are kind of in that like thirteen and five and fourteen yeah. and four range. Uh, but I, I mean, I, what what has Alabama done to make me say like they're not going to be one of those teams in that conversation by the end of the season? No, they should be there. They got good. Yeah. I mean, again, I've said it all year, uh, even in the preseason. I think they've got veterans, right? They've got veterans on the wing. They brought in uh, Bruner from Yale, a veteran up front. Uh, now they're playing Primo, the freshman. Quinterly mm-hmm. didn't play last night, and they look pretty good without him. It'd be interesting to see uh, when he comes back. Uh, you know, kind of what the deal is there. And I love Herb Jones. I, I'm just I'm the biggest Herb Jones fan there is, just because he's all about the right things. He's just all about guarding and, and not you know jacking shots just to try to get to the NBA. So the the most impressive thing for me from from Alabama's two wins when beating Florida and beating uh, Tennessee is that like. The reputation that, that that Nate Oates has with this program is like, okay, they're going to run around and they're going to jack up like 25 threes, 30 threes, 40 threes. Yeah. They want to they want to be able to make like, uh, you know, if they make 18, eight, yeah. 18 threes on a given night, they can play with anybody. If there's nights where they're hitting like six, seven, eight, then maybe they're going to be in a little bit of trouble. Um, they've only shot 23s in each of the games against Tennessee and Florida. Like they, they found ways to win beyond just getting hot from the perimeter on a certain night. And I yeah. think that that's – that's really impressive because once you become a team where you have that threat to be able to shoot and, yeah. and teams know like, okay, you know, they can, they can make 18, 19 threes on a given night, but they don't have to make those threes to win. They can beat you in other ways. That's when you become like a more well-rounded team where you're not as much kind of breaking up and news, down and unpredictable. What do you breaking got? Breaking news. Uh, Governor Como decides to back. This is on Darren Rebell's Twitter feed. Como decides to back mobile sports betting in New York. Ooh, big news! Big news for that's anybody. Good. That, that's 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 very good news for Eric Devendorf's the scores table. Podcast. There you go. There you go. If people, uh, if people, well, people right. anything else? Uh, um, crap out of TCU without Marcus Garrett. Uh, UConn with a big comeback win uh, over Marquette. Tyler Polly. Uh, shout out to Tyler Polly. That was a huge, huge performance. Huge, he, was huge. He, was, he was terrific when book night. Uh, is hurt, you know, got hurt there and just didn't look like himself. Um, and, you know, again, that bounce back from Kansas was was pretty impressive without Marcus Garrett. Yep. Um, I thought that 
the win that Kentucky got, like scrapping out another yeah. victory yeah. against Vanderbilt was yeah. – I mean, Vanderbilt's bad, but Kentucky's bad too, and like they're learning how to win. And, and at some point I – mean, I mean, we talked about this with – uh, about Kansas on, on the podcast I do with Deshaun Butler. And at some point, just like figuring out how to win those close games yeah, and building up that confidence, it, it matters. It matters, and it helps you out. So I think that, that was a big win for Kentucky just to you know, put translate. Some- the big question is going to be they just beat two of the bottom teams. Got to start somewhere. Agreed. Start somewhere. No, no, agreed. The question is when you go up a, a notch, and it's not like the SEC is loaded, but are they going to be able to compete against – Alabama's, the Tennessee's. I mean, there's a lot of bad teams in the SEC this year. A lot of bad teams. Vandy, Mississippi State, we mentioned too. Georgia's not good. Um, Auburn's not very good this year. Uh, who else am I forgetting? Uh, forgetting at least one. that LSU. LSU's not bad. I mean, to me, like, they're not bad. Um, Texas A&M, not yeah, very good. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, we're going to know by uh... – by next week because their next two games are at Florida and then they get Alabama at home. So um, I think that they had to get these two wins heading into those two games, but I'll tell you this much. I'm not convinced that BJ Boston like is actually really all that good. Like he's, he just, he hasn't been able to put it together yet. And if he's, if if he's, if he doesn't end up being that guy that can get you like 16, 17 points a night, like that significantly changes what this, uh, this can Yeah, because they thought him and Terrence Clark were going to be those two. Right, they thought they could get thirty out mm-hmm. of those two every night. They're getting like ten out. Of, I mean, Terrence Clark didn't even play, and they won. The, the, the big question. I, I mean, I'm I'm really interested to see how Cal handles Terrence Clark coming back because they've now won two games without him. Um, he's a McDonald's All American. Some have him as a top ten pick. I never did ever. Um, I, I just never thought he was he was that good. Um, so what do you do with him? What do you, how do you, how do you figure this out? Because Cal's still built on um, making sure these guys get to the NBA, right? Like ultimately he's got to sell that to the next group. And if Terrence Clark fails miserably and Brandon Boston doesn't do well, they didn't remember last year. It's not like they had a ton of highly, um, you know, regarded guys in, in the NBA draft who quickly was right. Wasn't quickly the, no, as quickly as that. Tyrese Maxey was, and oh, Maxey's having a really good start to the season too. Yeah, um, yeah I, to a point, yes, I, I do think that, that that that's true. But it's also, I think that there is something to be said for creating some accountability within the program, where you say, like, look, we're we're going to try to get you to the NBA, but if you're not buying into what you're doing, to what we're trying to do here, like, you're also just not going to play, right? You know, and I, I think that he does. Um, he needs to be able to do that just so like he can keep winning. But yes, I understand that they want to get guys to the pros, but like at some point <laughs> you, you got to win games too. Like that's what you're yeah, paid you're, to you're, It's a balancing right. act, right? It's a balancing mm-hmm. act for Cal, but this year might be a little bit different for him because if they're not good and he knows, like, I think he's got to know right now we're not a team that's going to be able to make a final four run this year. Like we, we just need to get to the tournament. Like that's to me, if I'm John Calipari, that's my only goal right now. I just want to get to the tournament right now, period. And I'll, and I'll tell you what. Um, if Kentucky can get to the tournament after a 1-6 start, that we, yeah. we can mark that down as one of, one of Cal's best coaching performances. Yeah. And I'll, I'll also tell you this. You, you want to know what I'm rooting for here? What would right. be the, unbelievable for, like, for our content and for our daily streams is if Kentucky ends up going like 14-4 in the SEC. 
but they don't get a win against Alabama and they don't get a win against Tennessee. Like whether they and, get in. Yeah, and they end up they, they end up winning the SEC regular season title, but they don't make it in the NCAA tournament. That right there well, just the committee. Just, it, it would just be entertaining. Yes. On on selection Sunday. Hey. Hey, we're content creators, man. We need something entertaining. Are we gonna have that? I mean, we're gonna have that with one of like, listen, one of Michigan State or Duke. I mean, again, I'm not sure they're both gonna be there, but one of them could be there. Not Michigan State. Like, if Michigan State does enough, they're gonna have enough of a profile to win. Like, they're they're in the Big Ten. Well, they're in the Big Ten. They're gonna do enough. Well, well, Duke's actually a perfect segue because I, before we get into tonight's yeah. slate, I just want to say like Clemson beat North, uh, NC State in OT. And North Carolina, they got another buzzer beater, um, another game winner from Andrew Playtech this time to uh, to beat Miami. So anything anything to add on those two ACC games? It just it feels like the ACC is just so not good this year. It just it's mediocre. It's mediocre. We don't know who the best team is in the ACC, and that's unbelievable that we're saying like the best team might not be coached by Coach K, Tony Bennett, Roy Williams, or Jim Beheim. Like yeah. really. I mean, there's a, there's a good shot that Clemson is the best team. And, and I, I wish we had a healthy Miami. I really do. I wish we had a healthy Miami because I honestly think a healthy Miami might have been the best team in the ACC this year. I've, I've, been, I've been beating that drum. I'm with yeah. you. All right, so let's get into tonight's slate. Uh, we have – I mean, it's a pretty interesting slate of games. We have some really good games. We have some, some weird games with teams that have been struggling this year. Uh, I want to start – I think there's three games at the top that we really need to just kind of touch on right away, and that's uh, Minnesota at Michigan, yeah. Seton Hall at Creighton, and Arkansas at Tennessee. Uh, why don't we start with Minnesota at Michigan? It's the Big Ten. It's probably the best game of the night. Michigan is laying seven and a half points uh, in that game. It is Minnesota on the road, which is never easy to uh, to try and figure out. So what do you like in this spot? Minnesota? <laughs> Why not? Why not have Michigan fans hate me uh, even more at this point? Um, I, I think – I'm not saying Minnesota's going to win this game. I don't think they're going to win this game. But I, I think they can keep it within seven and a half. I, I just – again, I, Liam Robbins has some confidence now, real confidence that he can play, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, this is a kid that was at, at Drake last year. Going from the Valley to the Big Ten is a, is a jump. And I know he put up numbers last year in non-conference, but still, uh, you go in and do what he's done the last couple games, uh, dominating Ohio State. Now, again, Michigan, a little different, but but uh, the Liam Robbins-Hunter Dickinson matchup is going to be intriguing. Like, it's, it's a fun – like, who would have thought we'd say, like, I'm excited to watch Hunter Dickinson – Go against Liam Robbins. Two like it's, it's wild. Two average, athletic white dudes. Ultimately, <laughs> like they're, they're, neither one's a great, great athlete. Liam's probably got it over Hunter, but uh, yeah, I, I like Minnesota here. Uh, Marcus Carr. I don't expect it'll be interesting to see how they guard him. Like, is Michigan gonna gonna play him like Ohio State did uh, and, and trap him and try to take the ball in his, out of his hands? I, I think you should. I think you should if you're Michigan. Uh, that's the best way to do it. Make somebody else beat you. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it's going to come down to. Um, and my concern here with, with taking Minnesota is simply that we have not seen Minnesota play well on the road yet this season. True. And, and I just – that that really worries me. They got absolutely uh, blown out at Illinois. And then who did they play the other night on the road? Was it um, – I'm bringing uh, it up. Oh, they, they played at Wisconsin. They lost by 12. They didn't cover. Yeah. So – 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's my biggest concern. Yeah, no, it's valid. It's completely valid. Um, I, I just feel like, again, Michigan, not that I mean – I mean, how many teams do we think are, like, at a different level? There's not that many. That That's the thing when we talk about this season. I feel like there's, like, a handful of teams, and then there's everybody else. And everybody – anybody can beat anybody on any given night. So, you know, you say to yourself, all right, Michigan hasn't really beaten anybody great. Well, but like, unless they're going to play Gonzaga, Baylor, or Villanova, who are they going to beat? I mean, I guess if you win at Iowa, you win at Illinois, something like that, then it proves something. Um, but yeah, I, I listen. I like Michigan. I like both these teams. I think they're both good teams. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. the The, the big concern that I think that that Minnesota is going to end up having um, is uh, the, the I mean, just the ball screen stuff. They they yeah. Minnesota ball screens with uh, with Marcus Carr and, and where Michigan has really struggled so far this year is, is kind of like with the with the role man like they've been pretty good at, at uh, chasing people off of the three point line and, and making sure that they're able to um, to stay with shooters on the perimeter uh, but like they they they've had a lot of issues uh, guarding the role man and and that's one thing that uh, that that Marcus Carr will be able to do because I mean like you said they got Liam Robbins out there so it's going to be an interesting matchup I think I, I just lean. I, I lean Michigan because we haven't seen Minnesota do it on the road so far this yeah, year. Uh, totally, it, it, that, that's that's where I am in here. But I I will be staying away. I am not going to uh, be investing any money on that one personally. All right, Seton Hall at Creighton. That line is uh, Creighton minus five and a half. Tell me why I should not be all in on Seton Hall. In this time. Well, because Creighton's really good at home. Um, Creighton's got everybody back. Marcus Zagorowski has finally started to find his stride and find his perimeter shot. Um, I just – Denzel Mahoney's playing good basketball. Bishop, I don't know. I mean, listen, I think you can give Sandro his his 25 even. To me, it's the rest of that team that scares me. Like, Bryce Aikens played well. He has. He's played well lately. Um, I just – yeah, I wouldn't – I wouldn't go against Creighton there. I, I really, really like Seton Hall in the spot. Uh, they have won seven of their last eight games. Um, the loss came in overtime when uh, Providence hit, I think, a buzzer beater in regulation and then a buzzer beater in overtime to win the game. Well, it wasn't a buzzer beater, but a game winner with three seconds left yeah. to win in overtime. Uh, they blew out uh, Xavier last Wednesday um, at Xavier. Yep. They've won at Marquette. They've won at Penn State. And I just don't know who on Creighton – Guards Mamu. Like to me, Mamu was playing like he's second team All American. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to say first team All American. He's been unbelievable. Yep. I think right now he's a clear cut leader for Big East Player of the Year. And I don't know how like how who do you put on him? Because he he basically like when they don't have uh Obiago out there, um, he basically plays the five for them. And when he's at the five, like I don't I just think he's gonna overwhelm Christian Bishop. When he's at the four, I, I Denzel Mahone is like 6'5", and that's who's going to yeah. be on Sanjo. Like, and, and the thing about Sanjo is like he's such a good passer too that if you if you send help, he will find the open man. So um, Bryce Aiken's starting to play a little bit better for him too. Like I, I, I can I'll always admit that like when you bet against Creighton, it's one of those teams where they can always hit – legitimately hit 23s on a given night. Yeah. Uh, but I just – I, I I like Seton Hall in the spot. I mean, I, I just I think they're one of those teams that's really undervalued right now. I, I just yeah. I, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Um, 
All right, so we'll keep it moving. So that's going to be one of my picks is Seton Hall plus five and a half on the road. Uh, then we have Tennessee at Arkansas. Or I'm sorry, Arkansas at Tennessee. A little bit of a bounce back spot for Tennessee, but also a little bit of a bounce back spot for Arkansas. Who do you like here? Talk me, talk me out of Tennessee because you get someone's got to talk me out of Tennessee. You know what? I, I'm not. I'm not going to talk you out of Tennessee. I'm. I'm. I'm going to talk you into the under. That's where I'm going to talk you into. I'm going to talk you into the fact that it, it's 142 and a half. Uh, Arkansas is still trying to figure them themselves out. I think is is fair to say uh, a bunch of transfers, um, some young guys as well. Tennessee is just going to be back in lockdown uh, defensive mode. So I'm going under 142 and a half there. Yeah, that line has already moved to uh, to 141 for the total. So if you want right. to get the under and get it in, get it in now. I think that I would. At eight points, I probably would lean towards Arkansas here for a lot of the same reasons that I think the matchup against Alabama made sense. They're going to try to push the ball. They're going to try to beat um, Tennessee down the floor. They do take a lot of threes, and they shoot it fairly well. And the knock on this Tennessee team is that, I mean, the way that their defense is is designed, it kind of allows you to shoot threes over the top of it. So um, I think that I like Arkansas plus eight in this spot. And it's also like, look, if, if we're on the under, Eight points is a lot of points in a league game where the matchup makes sense. Is, so I think I think I think I lean Arkansas on the points in this spot, but uh, I don't I don't feel great about it. It's not it's not one of my favorite bets of the night. I, I have I have a couple of favorite bets, and we can get into that one right now. Actually, all right, go ahead. What do you like? My favorite bet of the night is Boston College plus twelve and a half at Duke for a myriad of reasons, but the the two biggest ones yeah. uh, is Coach K is not going to be there because he's in quarantine. And I am not expecting Jalen Johnson to play. Jalen Johnson dealing with that foot injury. Wendell Moore told reporters uh, earlier this week that Johnson has not practiced with them yet since coming back from the injury. So I am not expecting him to play. Uh, without Jalen Johnson, it just kind of lowers that talent level. BC's 2-7. and seven. They only have one loss to a team outside the Ken Palm Top 50. And some of those losses are like they took Minnesota to overtime at Minnesota. Uh, they lost by three at NC State. Um, so they've, they've been competitive. We saw them take Villanova to the, to the final minutes um, on the road. So 12 and a half points is too many for me against a Duke team that is coming off of a three week layoff. That's the big thing for me. That's the big thing for me. The last time they played December 16th, Rob, and, and I'm with you. I don't think Jalen Johnson plays, um, you know, BC is not great, but they're tough. I think they're tough, and and I think that'll keep them close enough here. Uh, to me, you're right. Getting, uh, I like it. I like that one a lot too. Getting 12, 12 and a half. Uh, I'm I'm in on that one. Um, what else haven't we hit on? Let's hit on uh, Oklahoma Baylor. Oklahoma Baylor, um, eleven and a half. I you know, listen. I love Baylor. I do. I love Baylor as a team. I just think that's a lot of points to. I'll take Oklahoma there. AJ Reeves, um, they, they've got some good players. They they're coming off a good win. Um, I think Oklahoma keeps it close against Baylor. I really do. I I get what you're saying there. Um, I want to stay away because the 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 big thing that that Oklahoma has is like guards that can kind of make plays. Hey, there it is. Took the a notification while. bell. Yeah, it took a while. Uh, the big thing that. The big thing that Oklahoma has is, is guards that can kind of um, make plays off the bounce. Like, I, if anyone hasn't seen Austin Reeves play, oh. he's a lot of fun to watch. 
Um, but and Emoja Gibson's coming off a, a huge game for them, so it gives them two guards. And again, Brady Manick can step out and shoot it, so that that pulls uh, Baylor's bigs away from the basket. I don't, I don't know. I just have a feeling here they're going to keep it close. And, and Baylor, um, again, are they going to be able to put up huge numbers offensively against? I mean, everybody does against Oklahoma. That's the one thing. Uh, I, I'll take Oklahoma in, in 11 and a half. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, the, the number that I like here more is um, is the under. Uh, look, I know Baylor put up a bunch of points early on in the season. I don't think that kind of shooting and that kind of um, the offensive efficiency is something that's going to last throughout the entire season. And I'm trying to find the exact total here. Um, it's it's uh, one, 151 and a half. So I like I like I like the under there more than I like either side because there's I mean there's a very real chance that that um, that Baylor's guards just completely eat up Austin Reeves and yep. Devon Hartman and everyone. Uh, so I think I like the under there. I, I just I don't see this game getting into the 80s. I think it's going to be something that like probably like high 60s is would be my expectation. So I like the under in that spot. Uh, Virginia Wake, Virginia, another team they haven't played since. December. No, they play. What they play one. What'd they play Virginia. Play one, and then they've been in a pause uh, for a yeah, little while. It, it feels like they've been in a pause since. I think it was since the Gonzaga game. Was that the last time they played? No, they played Notre Dame. They played. They're right. Didn't they play Notre Dame? So they did play they, one. So they haven't been on a huge, huge pause. But um, I don't know. Fourteen and a half is still. I, Wake stinks. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm staying away. I'm talking myself out of this. Uh, I'm, I'm staying away from that game altogether. I was going to take 14 and a half against Virginia just because it's a, a big number uh, against Virginia, but Wake really, really stinks. Yeah, and it's not – I mean, Wake's played three games because they had their own issues right. with, with exactly. being on the balls. So, uh, I like uh, Xavier giving seven of the, the Johnnies. I do. I like Xavier there. I just – I think Xavier is really good. And uh, – It's a good buy-low spot for him because they yeah, haven't, lost they haven't played ball well in a while. They've lost a couple. They're deep. They're they're they need this one bad. Uh, I think they come out and take. They're, they're giving seven against St. John's at home. I, I like I like the Musketeers here. Travis Steele against uh, the Johnnies. Yeah, that, I mean that's not a bad call. Um, it's not. It's not one of my favorite plays of the night. Uh, my two favorite are the the under in in Baylor, Oklahoma, and um, and Boston College plus twelve and a half. What about? So the one that's really interesting to me, and, and we could probably end it with this, um, is is Pitt Syracuse. I don't know. I, I, you got a great feel. I'm mean, eleven and a half. Pitt's not very good. Um, you know, they they were without Jeff Capel for a little while. I, I I actually like this Syracuse team. I do. I like them. I think it's. I do, I do but um, Pitt's got a couple guys coming back off of injury. And Syracuse, like, when was the last time Syracuse actually practiced, let alone played? And the last time yeah, we saw them come off of December nineteenth, they've been on a major. You, you are right about that. That's actually a good call uh, on your part. Take Pitt, take eleven and a half, or, or how about this one? Take the under. I, I like I like one thirty nine and a half. Like I yeah, can but see I the mean. Being but here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like Syracuse doesn't really they can't guard, right? Like it, it, I, I don't. Do we have an update on uh, Baruma Sidibe? I probably should have checked it before we started talking on the stream. But their yeah. center, like without without their big center, 
like what if their, their zone just really isn't all that effective now it's no, like we're not great. we're not we're not talking about Pitt as like one of the greatest three point shooting teams of all time and I don't even know if they'll uh, really be any good against the zone but um I mean, yeah, you I saw Bryant. Take Pitt and take the points if you're going to do anything here. You take Pitt, take 11 and a half, and just hope that uh, Syracuse is rusty. That's not a bad call. I kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's my play. So, I like that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm betting on Pitt. Yeah. And I'm betting on Boston College tonight. That just tells you everything <laughs> you need to yeah. know about 2021, baby. Good, I'm with year. you. I'm with you. It um, it what else do I like? I like LSU. I, I just fade George every night. LSU's favored by nine. So, uh, like, oh, you know what? Shout out, shout out to John Mitchell in the chat because he's on the. Oh, he's got Audi S A Tony, Audi 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 S A Tony. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to try to say yeah, his yeah. name. That's a, that's that's a tough one for me at 9:30 in the morning. Uh, but he's on pit plus 11 and a half as well. So, uh, shout out John Mitchell, me and you, me and you, we're on it together. Let's what go, else bro. we got? Anything else you like? Uh, the only other game that we haven't talked about that we probably should is Virginia Tech and Louisville. Yeah, good game. Um, it is a good game. Uh, I am probably going to stay away from it uh, because, in theory, um, I like Louisville better as a team than Virginia Tech. Um, I'm worried, like, it just hasn't, it doesn't feel like Louisville has ever found a way to kind of click into the way that they want to play. Um, and the fact that they don't have Malik Williams means they're going to be small. And playing, like, kind of small and spread out is what Virginia Tech does well. And then, the Wofford transfer, uh, Keve Aluma. I love him. Oh, uh, man, he's been he's been lighting people up. So I was there having years ago when they played in the NCAA tournament uh, against Kentucky, right? Kentucky. Um, mm-hmm. He was terrific. Like, I, I I remember seeing him then, and I'm like, he should transfer. Like, he should get the hell out and get to a high major. You could just see it with him. Uh, I'm taking Louisville there. I'm taking Louisville. I, only four. They're the better team. They probably have the, the you know – They've just got good guards. David Johnson started to play better. So if you get Carleek and David Johnson clicking together, um, there's no way Virginia Tech's guards can handle that. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with all of that. I also see a world where like Louisville just has not looked like themselves yet. So it's a pure stay away from me. If I was going to be on anything, it would be on Louisville. But I, I, I think I'm going to stay away. Okay. Um, all right, so run down, run down the picks that, that you have locked in. I, I have, I have, I have four tonight that I'm yeah. that I will be investing uh, actual dollars on instead of just something that I like. It is the uh, it's, it's pit plus eleven and a half. Yeah, um, I have. Uh, where was where was the other one? Sorry, Baylor I under. you Baylor yeah, under. the Baylor Oklahoma under. Seton I have. Um, so I can't. So I'll take him as a pick. I can't bet on them because I'm in Jersey. So Seton yeah. Hall plus five. Uh, Xavier minus six and a half, and then BC plus 12 and a half. All right, I got a bunch. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on Pitt. I'm with you on Xavier. I'm with you on BC. I have Tennessee under 142 and a half. Uh, I'm taking Oklahoma plus 11 and a half. Um, LSU minus nine, Louisville minus four. I'm taking right. Auburn plus seven at Ole Miss. I like that one. Um, Anything else that I forgot that I, I – Oh, Tennessee line's moving. Tennessee's up to uh, to to eight and a half now. So, maybe we were right on that one. And then, um, you know what? By the way, by the way what, we, should, we should let everyone know. Would you, what did you go yesterday on your picks? Four and four. Four and four. And what did – I went four and three, right? Yeah. No, you went four, three, and one. You went four, three, and one. No, I didn't push on that. I didn't push on the, um, the Carolina game. I, I was given three. All right. I didn't get it at two. 
I didn't get it too. So I went four and four. Uh, last pick for me, Richmond. I like Richmond giving four against URI. Bounce back spot there. Uh, I think Richmond's clearly the better team. So I, I got about 10 picks. One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight. Nine, oh, just oh, just 10 picks. Just 10 nine. picks tonight. I got nine. I got nine. And and I always say to myself, I don't love stuff coming in. So uh, I, I got nine. Um, we'll see how we do tonight. Been on a little bit of a cool spell for me. And, and that doesn't even mean, honestly, like I think I've been 500 the last few nights. That, that That's where it's been. Um, hope, hoping to pick it up here uh, with a little luck from the cow hat. <laughs> there you go. All right, guys. We will see you tomorrow. Hope you win all of your bets tonight.